You are listening to Haftarah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavua and its corresponding Haftarah. And here at the database with Rabbi Shah Eisenberg, this week's Parshios are once again Bahar and Bechukosai. In the previous Haftarah Shir, we discussed the Haftarah for Parshas Bahar, which came from Sefer Yirmiya. And now for the Haftarah for Parshas Bechukosai, we will be looking at another Haftarah, also from Sefer Yirmiya, but from an earlier part of Yirmiya. This is the Haftarah that will be read this Shabbos at the moment of this recording. And we will see exactly how this Haftarah, in a certain sense, serves as a sort of sequel to the message that we discussed in the previous Haftarah shir. As I dedicate this shir, Luli Nishmas Imi Mirasi, Chayrechobos Davitzvi, Harenik Paras Meshkava, Her Nisham should have an Aliyah. The Haftarah from Yirmiya, Perek Tes Zion, going from Pasuk Yud Tes, so it's 1619. Um, nothing to do with any political movements, but 1619, and it goes all the way to Yud Zion Yud Dalid, 1714. Okay, so as we mentioned, Parshas Bahar and its Torah, they are representative of what I want to refer to as the first stage of Bitachon. We discussed Bitachon in depth, how Bitachon is different from Mamuna, in the name of Rabbi Simcha Leib Grossbart, and we explained, at least in short, for those who are just tuning in now, bitachon means to accept that which is hidden from us and to just move forward with the simple trust and the guarantee that Hashem will be there for us when we need Him. And now here in Parshas Bichu Kosai, which is the partner Parsha, the partner Sidra for Parshas Bahar, especially this week as they are double Parshios, so we'll now suggest that Bichukosai represents the second stage of that Bitachon process. With that in mind, for the Haftarah of Parshas Bichukosai, once again, we revisit Yirmiya, but this earlier part of Yirmiya. Now, in this Haftarah, we have not a story about redemption of land, no business transactions pertaining to real estate, but we have a lyrical passage of prayer, of tefillah, and reflection. So we had a little bit of tefillah in the previous Haftarah, um, there's a, uh, there was a slight bit of narrative, which is um, rare enough when it comes to Haftarahs. We've certainly had them in the past. But this Haftarah returns to the typical program of a Haftarah, which includes um, mo- you know, mostly um, you know, just Nevua. Now, the Navi starts off with Yirmiya as he is declaring Hashem as his stronghold and his refuge on the day of distress and so on and so forth, he describes the world's eventual regret for ever turning towards idolatry. How could anyone rely on those things? How can anyone have bitachon in those things? He acknowledges the falsehood of all forms of idolatry and even questions how a person could even conceive of crafting their own God. And then Yirmiya digresses. And he, he does so to describe the sin of Yehuda, as he refers to it, the, the chait, the chatas of Yehuda, which he says is written with an iron pen on the tablet of their heart, on the luach of their lave, and on the corners of their idolatrous mizbechos, of their altars. So where is Yermia going with all of this? What exactly is the sin of Yehuda? that it's inscribed on a tablet on their heart. What, what, what's this all about? Well, it sounds as though he's merely denouncing idolatry, both that of the nations and that of the Bnei Israel as well, which is a common enough theme in Navi. 
But what does his denunciation of Avodah Zarah have to do with our unique Sidra? So at first glance, nothing yet. But then Yirmiya continues in Parak Yud Zion Pasuk Hei. Kol Mar Hashem. So says Hashem. Arur HaGever Asher Yivtach Ba'adam. V'sam basar zara'o min Hashem yasur libo. So says Hashem, cursed is the man who merely trusts in man and places mortal flesh as his source of strength. And from Hashem, this individual turns his heart away. So he curses the individual that just trusts in fellow man and he completely disregards Hashem. It sounds a lot like a song, which has perhaps been made famous by perhaps many different composers, certainly by the likes of NCSY and other Kiev organizations. Um, and in fact, that line actually comes from our Haftarah as well, Baruch HaGever, Asher Yivtach Bashem. But let's focus on the first line for now. We curse the individual that relies just on fellow man. It's with this point that Yirmi elaborates on exactly what it is that causes a person to eventually turn to idols. It's apparently rooted in man's tendency to place his trust purely in manpower. Forget idols for now, but just people. What, what a person is able to accomplish, right? Human power, using the natural forces of the world, using man's ability to build and to think and to be creative, to work within the realm of this natural world, to work within the realm of chance, human manipulation of these forces, and combating with odds. That's apparently a major part of what makes idolatry so attractive. Because idolatry allows you to choose your own journey. You choose your own values. You can create your own religion with your own God and ultimately live by your own rules. Once you've figured out nature, right, first you have to figure out how the world works. You learn the rules of nature. You learn um, to be, quote-unquote, a rationalist. You study the sciences. And once you know all of those things, once you've, you've got nature down, once you've uh, learned the tricks of the natural world, then you could fit everything into it. And now you can create your own rules. You can create your own set. You're in charge. You're the, you're the scientist. You're the master of the world. You're the master of your own world. And so what's moral, what's immoral, that's up to your choosing. As long as you go within the rules of nature, right? as, as long as everything still makes sense and as long as you're able to make the decisions and nature won't stop you, then you're in charge. Now, another aspect of this lifestyle means that you rely on yourself and anything that you think can naturally give you what you need, survival of the fittest, right? It's an evolutionary approach. Now, since you don't trust in a God that you can't see, you're going to turn away from him and you're going to leave trust in the work of man, whether it's a man who is more powerful than yourself, who will be a source of convenience to you, or if you're a big, powerful guy, and you're, you're, you're a go-getter and you're a doer, then you'll figure it out yourself. What do those two things have in common? You're in, both, in both cases, you're relying just on manpower. If not yours, someone else's manpower. 
and who and, and, to, and on whom are you not relying? You're not relying on Hashem. These are all the ingredients of Vodazara. Explains Yermia. This person will ultimately dwell like a single tree in a desert, alone in a parched land that is salty and uninhabited. That's how Yermia describes it. I just gave it to you in English. Now, on the contrary, Yermia declares in the famous song, the now famous song, Baruch HaGever Asher Yivtach BaHashem V'Haya Hashem Yivtacho. Blessed is the man who trusts, who finds his security in Hashem. And indeed, again, V'Haya Hashem Yivtacho, Hashem will be his source of security. Says Yermia, this individual will be like a fruitful tree planted near water, remaining fresh and intact during times of drought. So what exactly is this stage two of Bitachon? Parshas Bahar, we said, was about taking the plunge for Hashem despite the questions. We are charged to relinquish our land during Shemitah and Yovel and just rely on Hashem. As he said, he would provide for us with everything it is that we need. Yes, we might have questions, maybe emotional doubts, but Betachon, as we explained, means to live with those questions, to live with those doubts, and yet to keep moving forward, to have a certain level of emotional confidence, to find some comfort in a discomforting world, to find comfort in the fact that it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's part of life. But I think stage two, Bichukosai, is where we find the result. The blessing that we can look forward to once we've accepted to have Bitachon. Indeed, the Torah promises in Bichukosai Telechu, just to skip a little bit, Vinasati Geshmechem Beitam Vinasa Artsivula Veitsa Sadeite Imperio Vishavtem Lavetach Veartsachem. Says Hashem, if you're going to walk in my decrees, then I'm going to give you rain in its proper time. The land will give forth its produce. The tree will give forth its fruit, its yield. And you will dwell securely in your land. Again, vishavtem lavetach ba'artzachem. What is that word, betach? As they say in Israel, betach, what's betach? Betach means security. It is the precise sherish of the word bitachon. Notice the parallel between Yirmiyah's blessing and Hashem's guarantee at this time in our Parsha. If one walks faithfully in accordance with Hashem's Torah, he will experience fruitfulness. In the Parsha, Hashem says, you will get all the food you need. You will receive the fruit. Says Yirmiyah, you will be like the tree and you will yield fruit. You'll be refreshed. You'll be secure. But again, the idea of Bechukosai is the results, both of Bitachon and, of course, the lack thereof. Because if one thinks about it no differently than we find in the Haftarah, Bechukosai itself has its own tochecha, the tochecha, a passage of admonition which elaborates on the cursed life of one who does not display that trust in Hashem to follow his commandments. Arur Hagever, as Yermiah says, who trusts only in himself his peers, the natural world, but completely disregards Hashem. But the obvious challenge with this stage two of the results of having bitachon 
will be honest and say, well, the challenge is what about life itself and all of the things that we experience, the negative ones, right? Isn't it not true that sometimes, in fact, maybe many times, perhaps most of the time, we don't always see the fruits of our labor or the blessing that comes with bitachon. Even if we've taken the plunge for Hashem like Nachshon ben Aminadav, the questions and doubts which we still experience from stage one may come back to haunt us. We wonder where exactly can we find the man who was truly blessed by the betachon that he placed in Hashem. Where is the Baruch HaGever Sheyivtach B'Hashem? The blessing that comes with trust in God and trusting less in manpower just runs contrary to how we intuitively think and sometimes how we experience anecdotally in our own lives. However, maybe we're slightly misunderstanding Bitachon. And it could be that, yes, Bitachon on some level does breed tangible blessings. For example, with our produce during Shemitah year, as the Torah promises. Right? Shemitah is tried and tested, and it works. But perhaps the truest blessing of Bitachon is even more fundamental and natural. Think about it. The person who puts his trust purely in the forces of the natural world logically has to rely on the limitations of the natural world. He relies on manpower alone, which can only succeed so long as man retains that power. Now that's a cursed life. Why? Because it's a limited life. It's a life of lonesomeness. It's a life where when things don't look good, you can be sure that, in fact, they aren't good. If the odds are stacked against you, probably it means you will fail, unless you just get lucky. But what's luck in a world of nature, science? It's just a matter of odds, and the odds aren't great. So if things don't look good, they're probably not good in this world. And what I mean is this world of the person whose only bitachon is in manpower and man's machinations, man's manipulations of the natural world. Man is only so powerful, right? Think, think, think about the, 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 the Dorha Palaga, the Dorha Flaga. They built a tower and they weren't idolaters yet, right? Truth is, depends on which of the Rishonim you, you consult. But what was the sin of the tower builders? We spoke about this in Parsha Panorama back in the archives for Parsha Noach, which, by the way, um, you can find all the shirim in the archives and all links to every uploaded shir if you reach out to me at the database at gmail.com and you can be added to the database podcast WhatsApp group and you could also find shirim to... Uh, the links to Shirim that I re-upload, that I repost due to their relevance. That and more, especially if you want to give a sponsorship or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, you join me at the Database Podcast WhatsApp group by reaching out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com, the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. But once again, what was the sin of the tower builders other than the fact that they said, hey, look what we can do, humans, without God. Right? We, 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 could, we could succeed as long as we work together, as long as we manipulate the natural world. We could figure it out. But again, that is, that is a limited life. You might think it's, it's, it sounds rational, it, it rings true, it's very compelling, and sometimes, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and there's not much you can do about it. But in that life, so 
hope can and will be lost. And this is not to suggest that hope is the only reason why you should believe in the alternative. But it's a cursed life. That, that is why it's cursed. It's not why it's false. It's false because it's false. But why is it a cursed life? It's a cursed life because you, you're subject to those rules. It's not a blessed life. However, he who not only displays the trust, but his attitude and actions manifest this bitachon in something higher in Hashem, that can be described as a blessed life, as a bracha. Because he is blessed in that whatever he goes through, he knows that Hashem is always with him, so that he never actually has to worry in the long run. There is nothing to worry about. And he, he is a stable tree. He will not be shaken when the going gets tough. In a time of drought, he remains refreshed, ready to move forward. In other words, the result of bitachon, the blessing of bitachon, is bitachon. Right? This other result of bitachon might be hinted to in our sidra as well, and is perhaps the actual meaning of the word bitachon. Hashem says that if we follow His Torah, guess what? Vishavtem lavetach, then you will dwell securely. In other words, vetach might not only mean security, but it means a sense of security. And not a false sense of security, but a very real sense of security. In fact, vetach is, again, obviously the same word as bitachon, which tells us that if we have bitachon, an accepted sense of security, then we are guaranteed more than anything else that bitachon in and of itself, perhaps the greatest blessing in its own right, that you can function in life knowing that through your bitachon, Hashem is there. Because yes, Hashem can give us produce. He can give us food. He can even give us physical security. He can give us a lot of things. He might not. And you know what? That's okay. Because if he doesn't, that means he, in his infinite wisdom, has chosen not to. But if we have betachon, we can achieve not only the physical blessings, but the intellectual and emotional sense of security, which is the only thing that can actually keep us going despite every other problem that we might be facing in life. That confidence, that encouragement is a natural result, a natural blessing that automatically comes with betachon for the one who has it. Coming full circle, perhaps this dual interpretation of betachon and its blessings are alluded to in Yirmiya's words, Baruch HaGever Asher Yivtach Hashem Hashem Blessed is the man who trusts or is secure in Hashem, and Hashem indeed will be his security. Notice how Bitachon again is referenced twice in that Pasuk. Number one, blessed is the person who has Bitachon in Hashem, and two, Hashem will be Mivtacho, his security. What this Pasuk might be telling us is that since the person has bitachon in Hashem, then naturally he ultimately does have Hashem as his security. Above all else, above the blessings of food, water, shelter, life itself, he has Hashem providing for him. Not himself. He doesn't see himself as providing for himself. Hashem is the provider. Because who else can be the provider for one who has bitachon in Hashem? Even if the man is doing his ishtablis to provide for himself, which he should, he knows he is not the provider. He's going through the motions. He's doing what he has to do, his amelus, his toil, his ishtadlus, but he is not the provider. For the one who trusts only in himself, then yeah, you and other people are the provider, 
and only insofar as you have the means to provide. That's limited and ultimately cursed if the odds are not in your favor. But if, you, if, you, if your security is Hashem, then your security is Hashem. What, what, what can be better? So in the end, if Bahar, stage one of Bitochon, was to live with the questions, to push forward despite you know, your fear of the unknown, living with that which is hidden from us, as the Navi said in the previous Haftarah, as Yermiah said, Hashem, is anything hidden from Hashem? From Hashem, not so. Maybe for us, yes, there are things hidden from us. And Parshish Bahar stage one is about living with things that are hidden from us. But stage two of Parshish Kosai, that's crystallizing that bitachon, so that we're not only taking the leap of faith, but allowing ourselves to appreciate the blessings that come with bitachon. Again, not just the tangible blessings of fruitfulness, but perhaps the greater sense of feeling Hashem's security. Moving forward despite the unknown, and moving forward with that confidence, that sense of security, that what do I have to worry about? Again, being comfortable with the discomfort, or perhaps the next stage, is not even having the discomfort. Right? If Bahar was being comfortable with the discomfort, Bihukosai is no longer even being uncomfortable to begin with. It's just comfort. Comfort with the fact that you have everything you need and that Hashem is providing for you. And we should all be Zoha to have that true bitachon and all of its blessings. Have Hashem as our constant source of every form of security. And Hashem should allow us once again to dwell in our holy land, Bishavtim Laritz Lavetach. In the days of the Gula, with the coming of Mashiach, again, at the moment of this recording, it is Lag Womer, so have a wonderful Lag Sameach, have a wonderful rest of your week, and of course, have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for joining us here at the database.